0: Live from the CBS Community Club of Somerton, Philadelphia, we continue with Derech Hashem. Starting a, a brand new Derech Hashem week, kicking off another beautiful week of excitement, potential, thrills, and more. Hopefully not spills, right? Uh, Derech Hashem. We go further. <clears throat> we are in Cheyla, Gimel, Perik, Aleph. Simon Gimel. Gimel, Aleph, Gimel. And then Chal is establishing for us the nature of the neshama, the nature of the Guf how many spiritual, uh, well, I'm sorry, how many How many nefashas we have, how many souls we have, and the, the nature of those two different souls and their relationship, each one of them with the gof. And then Mechal is eventually going to build up to the, the um, main topic that's at hand, which was... The title of the section, which is the title, the topic of prophecy. The Remchal is still working back up there, but he needs to give us the grand work, he needs to give us the basics, as the Remchal always works in building block fashion. And we saw there's the lower nefesh and the, and the upper nefesh. the lower soul and the upper soul. The lower soul is the one we have in common with the animal world. That is really more, that is really physical nature, not spiritual nature, even though it's physicality that which is, has aspects of spirituality, it's physicality that you can't see, physicality that you can't perceive physicality that you cannot measure nor detect, but it's physical nevertheless linked to the dam. Linked to that lower nefesh is the upper nefesh, which is spiritual, and that's something that separates man from animals, and as we mentioned last week, a guy also has an upper nefesh, but he doesn't have the upper soul that the Jew has. He has an upper soul, which is like the bare minimum of the upper soul. The upper soul, which is an infusion of godliness in him, which... Gives him many things. It gives him the ability to have free will. It gives him b'chira. It gives him a relationship with God that shows up in the form of the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noyach. Without a upper nefesh, you can't get mitzvahs. Animals don't have mitzvahs. Animals can't get mitzvahs because, A, they don't have free will, and, B, they don't have a, a unique relationship with God. They're, they're, they're clods of dirt, really. An animated clod of dirt. An animated clod of dirt, at the end of the day, is not the focal point of creation. Is not what God made the world for. It doesn't even approach why God made the world. God did not make the world for these animated clods of dirt. Whether you call them ladybugs or great blue whales or anything in between, anything in between. Hashem didn't make the bria for them. They're just animated clods of dirt. Um, they don't have any upper soul, they have a lower soul but that's again physical, not spiritual, they don't have any godliness in them, even though, again as we said, God himself has to constantly insert the lower soul but it's not a spark of godliness <coughs> so God doesn't address them, there's no mitzvahs there's no mitzvahs that they have and I, I do say this with, you know, knowing the I may, may question me based on the fact that we have things like Parikshira. Shira is the song of the brio all the animal world and and, and and really more than just the animal world. Vegetation, flora and fauna, they all sing out the praises of God. Yes, that's true. Um, <clears throat> but it does not mean that God gives a mistress. It doesn't mean that God made the world for them. That means that everything in this world gives testimony to the existence of God. If it was if it's here, it was created by God, especially the animals that are given a spark of life from God, even though not a spark of godliness, but a spark of life, everything in this world is testimony to God's existence to God's plan for the world, God's um, objective and goal for the world, and, and God's um, diversity, Hashem's versatility, rather. Versatility in creating such a diverse world. So that's what parakshira is. Everything in the world singing out the songs and singing the praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not a response to Hashem, because Hashem doesn't address them but it is testimony to the fact that Hashem made them. Testimony to the imprint, the stamp of HaKosh Baruch on everything in the world. Okay, everybody got that? That's kind of managing and balancing that out. But Hashem does not <clears throat> have a, um, um, a direct interest in each and every species in the animal per se. They are there to bring the world as a whole towards, ob- towards its objective with man in the center stage, but nothing other than man is ever in the center stage. That's why we're going to slip yet again just to a, another a, a slight, slight um, side topic, slight side tangent over here on that slight tangent just to kind of round out this sort of side discussion we find ourselves in right now. That's why, you know, another, another approach to the, the outlook of the Torah, in terms of Emes, when we have the Torah's Emes, when we look at life through the lenses of the Emes of Torah, the truth of Torah, the timeless truth, the objective truth, and the you know immutable, unchangeable truth of Torah, so you have movements to save different species in the world. <coughs> Excuse me, save the whales is the one that's always the stereotype. That's the one that everyone pulls out of their strimal when they want to knock some kind of. Animal rights movement, but there's, you know, it's not just... Save the Whales there's not, not the only movement out there. They're lobbying for animal rights. Um, all kinds of them, but if we just use Save the Whales, which that's the one that always gets all the, uh, the uh, attention, but we need to bring up in a shear like this a movement like that. So, so what, what's, the, again, what's, our, what's the correct outlook on something like Save the Whales, Save the en- Endangered Woodchucks? when um, they're, you know, starting a new drilling project somewhere in Oklahoma and it's, uh, it's, an, it's a reserve where, the, where they're uh, in a preserve where they have endangered woodchucks over there. Save the woodchucks, save the whales, save the wombats. What, what's the problem with these movements? There's a couple of problems, but the problem, is not, the problem is not that, oh, they're just animals. Who cares about animals? That's not necessarily the right attitude when we are saying what the wrong attitude is. Because if HaKadosh Baruch Hu made wombats, and whales, and and um, woodchucks, they obviously were made with a reason. The Whales are here for a reason. Woodchucks are here for a weez- reason. And, and everything, whether it begins with the letter W or not, in the animal world, is here for some kind of a reason. Otherwise, Hashem wouldn't have made it. And we're not supposed to be wanton and casual and careless with Hashem's species. We're not supposed to do that. Um, The Rishayim say already the, the, one of the reasons behind Eisav as and Shiloh Haken is we're not supposed to try to exterminate a species. you are not supposed to exterminate a species. Hashem made species for a reason. Somehow whales are here to you know to get the world towards its uh, tikkun, uh, towards its ultimate goal. That's why Hashem made everything creation. So the the the, the, the if we want to knock movements like this, the po- place to knock them is not that oh who cares about the animals, but the place to knock them is one idea that we mentioned in the past which is not the idea of, of this morning is it's inefficient you know to pour all our resources into these kinds of movements it's not an efficient way of trying to save them um and it's a distraction the efficient way and the in the appropriate way to save them is to save ourselves because when we see spe- species being, becoming extinct out there it means you know, we're causing extinction up in the oylamas, that's really what it means. The wombat would ne- not be able to go extinct if we were not creating chayshech and tumah up in the oylamas somewhere that, that, that affects the wombats, that affects the whales, that affects the woodchucks, right? Since we're doing somewhere in, in shamayim that overlaps with the kayches and the malachim, that are responsible for the protection of, the, of these animals, th- that's why it shows up down here as extinction. So to try to save them by pouring in all our time, effort, money, resources down here is a very, very inefficient way of doing it, right? It's mamish like putting the bandage on that wound that's, that's hemorrhaging, that's, you know, you have a, you have a crazy uh, injury going on. You know, just put a, 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 a bandage on, you got to get to the core, the source, the root of the matter. And you gotta fix it at the core. So, the, the efficient way of saving the whales is to make tikkunim in ourselves and cholesterol and whatever is going on up there that's affecting these woodchucks down here, the rare gray backed woodchucks of Oklahoma. So, that's how we save them by, by making tikkunim up there. And by, by trying to make the, the salvation down here, it's inefficient and it's a distraction. It's distracting us from our real avoided, which is to figure out what, what are we doing wrong. But there's another reason as well, and that's what is related to what we're learning right now. Save the whales, save the woodchucks, and all the other mantras are, are incorrect in that they're making the whales and the woodchucks into a, 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 a um, campaign and a crusade in their own right, and that's incorrect. Because although it's true that shall definitely created them for a reason. And although it's true that they're here to get the world somehow to its tikkun, they are not occupying center stage and and, and and they're there somehow to be a set piece on that stage of which man occupies center stage. So the only person we ever really want to save is, is man. Save man. Save Kla Yisrael. Um, and Kla Yisrael, yes, needs to be in a world which is operating uh, all systems go and in an optimal way so that we can really do what we need to do down here but um save the whale save the x you know fill in the blank is misleading and really incorrect in that it's turning these these species that are outside mankind outside cholesterol into um a focus into themselves and a, a campaign, a mission, a crusade in themselves—that there, there, there's, there is there's an objective in life to save them. And that, that's 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 really incorrect because the revashim didn't make the world for whales. Akash Baruch made the world for man, and for man's bechira, for man's haslacha, for man's um, accomplishments. Everything that's here are the set pieces that we need to, to to accomplish, to be accomplished, to achieve our tikkun. So yeah, somehow we need the whales, we need the woodchucks, we need the the, the woodpeckers. And we need the um, wombats. We need all of these somehow to get to that tikkun. But they're all there to be nitbal to us. They're a tuffle to mankind. They're there somehow as a siu, as a messayaya, to, to create a world in which we are able to make the tikkun that we need to make. We're not here to save them. The purpose of the world is not to save them. And they're, they're never something that should be viewed as a goal to save these things in of themselves. The goal is always save mankind, save Kla Yisrael. Aye, but you can't destroy Hashem's Bria. That's true. But you can't destroy Hashem's Bria because the Bria needs to be there for my accomplishments, for my achievements, for my Bechira, for my success. Does everybody understand that? That's the other other, uh, issue um, with all these movements and where they are outside of the emes, of the teres emes, the histaklis of teres emes, the correct look, uh, out- outlook, and the correct uh, viewpoint in life is, is, is uh, there's never an idea of saving them in themselves, because the world's not there for them. Kosh Baruch Hu didn't make a world for animals, they don't have Bechira, as we're mentioning now, they don't have mitzvahs, Hashem doesn't address them, Hashem doesn't have a a, a, a um, interest in them they're only there for mankind and that's goes hand in hand with the idea that all animals only have a lower soul they have a spark of life but that's gashmi as we mentioned the lower nefesh is not ruchni is gashmi and it's inserted by kodesh baruchu but not representative of kodesh baruchu it's not a, a kamimal, it's not a piece of godliness it's inserted through godliness but not a piece of godliness and again that shows up in A, they don't have Bechira, B, Hashem does not address them specifically, doesn't have goals and objectives for them, doesn't give them mitzvahs and that's why, say, save the whales is not incorrect, it's, the world's not created for whales it wasn't created for whales, even though it needs whales, it wasn't created for whales the third nafkamina of having an upper neshama is speech, so we mentioned last time, speech, dibor vaipach ruach says Hashem blew into Adam Rishon, ruachayim that's the upper neshama that's what gives speech and that's why we have the daimim samech chai and medaber and again a guy taka has all three but barely a guy has the bare minimum the smallest possible nefesh elyon that's what a guy has therefore a guy has bechira. a guy can have mitzvahs. he's given the sheva mitzvah einayach and the guy has speech but that's where it stops he doesn't have anything above that in other words his upper nefesh stops over there is at the lowest possible point and Yisrael is the fifth madrego goes above a Medaber, goes above a Goy. And the Yisrael has a, qualitatively and quantitatively a different type of Nefesh Elyon, a higher Nefesh. in that his Nefesh is, 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 uh, has an existence that climbs all the way up, goes all the way to the Kisei Hakavod. He has a Chelek Eloika Mimal. A Goy doesn't have a Chelek Eloika Mimal. He has a Chelek Eloika, but he doesn't have a Chelek Eloika Mimal. He doesn't go all the way up, A Goy. A yid who since his neshama is not the bare minimum, it's the bare, it's the sheer maximum. So therefore, our actions are happening up there in the olamus. Our actions affect what's with what the olamus, and our actions can bring brachadan from the olamus. The guy can't, can't do that because the guy doesn't exist in the olamus. Claude, that, that's, that's a nice summary of what we had last time with some new ideas, some new connections, such as understanding how to how to understand things like save the whales and save the wombats, save the woodchucks. Save the woodpeckers and everything else. We're not trying to save them. What? Weasels and the worms. Save the weasels and the worms. Yes. Okay, that's good. Very good. Okay, now Gimel. Let's, get, let's go weiter. So, on the one hand, we have upper nefesh, a piece of godliness, a spark of godliness that's spiritual. That animals don't have. However, on the other hand, it has to connect to us because we're one entity, we're one person, we're one being. So, as we said, all the everything is like links in the chain, like rings in this in this shal uh, shalas each ring is able to connect to the one immediately below it. So the upper nefesh connects to the lower nefesh, even though the upper nefesh is ruchni, the lower nefesh is, is gashmi, but the lower nefesh is barely, barely, barely physically. You can't see, you can't detect it, and that connects to the dam. The dam connects to the guf. So we have this long um, chain link nishab over here. But as a result of the fact that the upper soul, and even the one that the Kleistel has, that it has, it goes all the way up, is connected to the lower soul and ultimately connected to the guf, that actually, that actually has some negative adverse effects. And that's what we're going to see this morning. There are adverse effects from the, that, that comes as a result of the upper nephish being connected to the lower one. Nimtzei smugbelis begulis Pratim. The fact that the upper soul, even though it goes all the way to the Kitei HaKavut, is connected ultimately to the body via the lower soul that puts serious limitations on the upper soul. The upper soul is now limited, is suppressed. It's suppressed. It can't operate the way it really ought to be able to operate. It is prevented from having real involvement, real interaction with the, the other spiritual existences where it emerges from, where it exists. It's prevented from doing that. And here we have a very, very fundamental idea over here, very, very solid, basic idea And understanding you know, all this whole topic of this world of the soul and the world of the guf and the upper nefesh, the lower nefesh. And, and there is an idea that although something may soar to the highest of heights and be lofty and go all the way to the Kisiyach but it's limited by its lowest common denominator. It's locked in to the lowest possible place that it is connected to and that limits it because the entire Nishama is now connected to the guf. So the entire Nishama, excuse me, is an extension of the guf. The entire nishama is cemented to the guf. So therefore, all along the way of that nishama, as high as it goes, it's a nishama that's connected to a guf. And being that it's walking around with that, like, name tag, I'm a neshama that's connected to a that affects the neshama wherever the neshama is. Even my neshama all the way on high should be able to get glimpses of malachim uh, and, 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 and clarity and insights and revelations like Moshe Rabbeinu Gat. Why, why don't we have all that then? If we have a neshama that goes to the Kisei HaKavid, how come I can't understand Kol like Moshe Rabbeinu? How come I don't know what's going on by the Kisei HaKavid? Each and every one of us has a neshama right now that's going all the way up there. The problem is the problem is the best it can do is whatever it can, is capable of doing while it's connected to a goof the goof brings it down the goof limits it. the goof puts a serious cap on it it's operating through the hardware of the goof and Marshall you know you have a uh, um, you can have a um, I don't know, who's into computers over here? Knows anything about, something about computers? Not Benny. No, so, so, um, who knows something about cars or trucks over here? What do you guys know? What what do we know? You guys must know something about something. Arthur, you a mechanic? So what's the best engine they have out there? Best, best, best engine, the, the best racing car, the best super racing car, the best engine. Car, airplane, or what? You tell me. Airplane even. Best engine out there is uh, a diesel Detroit made it 671. Diesel Detroit made 671, and that has how much horsepower? I don't remember. A lot. A lot. A okay, that's that's tons. Tons of horses over there, right? So that's the best engine out there. Now, now what's the worst, absolutely, like, the most... Uh, most um decrepit worst um um awfully uh awful awful car in the, like the absolute worst mechanical state Dehu. what Dehu. 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 There. can you still buy one of those i don't know but what happens if you put this this diesel detroit engine in the Dehu car Well, okay. Well, let's say you get, get the best engine in the world for speed and you put it in the day car. For speed? Put it in a car? No, the day The worst, worst passable car. And just like mechanically, it's awful. Right. Awful. And put the worst engine the, the best. best? engine in the worst car. Uh, you still have a worst car. You still have a worst car. Bingo. Bingo. That was the right answer. Okay, that breathe uh, a sigh of relief over here. Yeah. That's the muscle that we're looking for. You take the best engine in the world and put it in the worst car, you're still going to have the worst car because the car's not built to handle that engine. Right. It can't work with that engine. can't do anything with that engine. It's not just about the engine. It's about a clee that, that, that can work with that engine. That, in other words, said, that, said differently. Arthur, this is a beautiful analogy. Thank you very much, Arthur. That's exactly what we're looking for. The car brings the engine down. You hear that? You hear how we're saying it like that? The car reduces the engine. The car limits the engine. could be the best engine in the world, whether it's built for torque, whether it's built for speed, whether it's built for for, um, whatever else engines can be built for, right? Whatever it's built for, but you put it in the worst car in the world, the Dehu, the Dehu, and it's going to reduce that engine to uh, a pathetic pathetic uh, shadow of what that engine's capable of doing. This car is reducing the engine, subduing the engine, and, and limiting the engine. That's exactly what's going on with our neshama. We have, we, have a, we have a Detroit diesel neshama that goes all the way up, and it's built for torque and built for speed and built for momentum and acceleration and suspension and everything, everything. Our engines are built for everything in the whole world. That's our neshama. It goes to the Kizayak Kavit, but it's in a dehu car, nebuch. Our engines are in this Dehukar, our gof, our body, and our body therefore reduces the engine, limits the engine, and there's only so much the engine can do, very little the engine is capable of doing, because it's locked into a clee, a vessel, a receptacle, a car, that, that, that is in very, very poor shoddy mechanical shape, right? And even as our neshama is all the way up there, even at the highest of heights, it is lowered and reduced by the fact that it's connected to our neshama. As every part of that engine is reduced from the fact that it's put into that deukar, that's exactly what's going on with our neshama. Klar? So that's a fascinating insight. That means our neshamas are all the way up, but the reason why the reason why we're not glimpsing and understanding and, 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 and relating to Kultar Kula, the way our neshama ought to be able to perceive and relate to us is not because we're not in touch with the neshama as much as the neshama up there is is being mitsumtzum, it's reduced and it's limited by the fact that it's connected to a guf, nebuch, nebuch, it's connected to a guf. So, just to slip sideways again for a moment, but to connect some very nice dots, so what does it mean, taka, that someone like Maisha Rabbeinu, ba'i uh Maisha, Maisha was given the Turk, called Terkula, like a Kala, Maisha has giluyim, insights, understanding, Wisdom that we don't have, that we can never have. What's taket of Why? How can Moshe, Moshe's clearly in touch with that engine, and we're not. Territ says, Moshe had a higher guf. Moshe had a guf at a body. He didn't have a dehu. He didn't have a dehu. Moshe had a, a Jaguar. He had a Mercedes. He had a what? A Maserati. What did he have, Arthur? What's the best kind of car chassis you can put? What? Body. Oh, we'll get to all that. We'll get to all that. We'll get to all that. Moshe Rabbeinu had a higher body, and that's why is, is, he, was a, he had those insights and he had Koltarakula because his body didn't reduce the that didn't reduce the Neshama. Let, let, let's, let's wrap up this paragraph. Um, so, is Kasher Simaguf. As long as our Neshama is connected to the Guf, it reduces the Neshama which is, as long as we're alive, as long as we're alive and kicking up to 120 with good health, each and every one of us, at the same time, where we want to be, which is alive, is reducing the neshama, because the neshama is connected to guf, which is alive, the neshama keeps the guf alive, and that reduces the neshama. Not only that, not only our neshama is brought down, is reduced, is limited by the body, by the fact that it's connected to a body, it can also now nebuch, upon nebuch, become affected by the body, but in a good way or in a bad way. A positive way, we can through, the, the, through doing mitzvahs, through learning Torah, we can actually give the neshama more kayach, we can give the neshama more light, we can give the neshama more lichtikite. we can actually do that. Because of the fact that the body is connected to the soul, or we can actually take something which is a a spark of godliness, something that goes all the way to the Kitzhia and we can contaminate it because it's connected to the, to the guf. You can actually pollute a neshama which should be unpollutable. In logic, it doesn't make sense. How can you take something which is a or a piece of so to speak, whatever that means. But the, the, the how can you take that and contaminate something which is pure and coming from the rebellion It's because it's connected to the guf, and the guf can therefore affect it positively or adversely. And this is the fulcrum around which all of our Bechira revolves in the entire journey of life is... The neshama now being reduced, locked into the gof, and now the guf can affect the neshama, and me using my Bechira to allow my guf to either rele- uh, raise and elevate my neshama or chas sham to reduce and further contaminate the neshama. This is how the world is set up, how life is set up. So, the neshama, even though it's, it's, it's reduced by the guf, it still can have activity within the guf, it still can direct the lower soul and give it insights, give it glimpses of understanding that are coming from on high that can still happen even in this reduced state. And if I raise my neshama, my neshama in its raised state will be able to give me glimpses and understandings and insights. In other words, we're saying if I use my bechira to allow my guf to raise my neshama, I sit and learn Torah, I dive well, I'll be able to have. Uh, a, a raised neshama, which, which, which um, will now, in turn, be able to bring down taka, wisdom and understanding from the Oilamas into me. Or Hashem, if you contaminate your neshama and you let your neshama, sh- through your actions, you bring your neshama down. Your neshama will become taken over by a ruach tuma, and that will vital bring tuma into me. That's what we just had in Parshas Nasai. ki sista, ruach shtos, a person through. Bad Bechira can bring shtos into himself, bring shtos into his neshama, and that will actually create a negative cycle, reinforce the shtos, because the neshama, again, is able to bring into the guf things that are processed by the mind, things that are processed by the intelligence and the intellect. So if I contaminate my neshama, my neshama has now become harnessed and hijacked by k'aychazatumah, that will vital bring tumah into me. If I use my Neshama for Kedusha, my Neshama becomes reinforced and Kedusha, brings more kedusha into me, in Tahara, and Haskalah and, and Chochmas if we go that way. All right, that, that's a lot. That was quite a lot in the short shortish paragraph. We'll stop over here for today. Thank you all for joining. We will continue, Mirza Hashem, tomorrow. Yeah.